Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Frustrated Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball on the line. After the Nationals dropped their fourth straight, one nothing to Miami tonight. The big story of the night, Dave, is Jose Fernandez. Uh, after three losses and four starts in late July, uh, early August, he's three and one in his last five before tonight. Two seven six ERA, two fifty two, three twenty eight, three sixty one line against in his last thirty two and a third innings pitched. Eleven and two, one seven seven ERA, one ninety nine, two sixty six, two eighty two line against and ninety six and two third at home this season. Retires 20 straight after a one-out double by uh, Stephen Drew in the first, up to 21 straight outs before uh, back-to-back hits by Ramos and uh, Brian Goodman in the eighth inning. But uh, Danny Espinosa K's with runners on first and third. A search for contact does not find it tonight. Murphy grounds out to end Fernandez's eighth scoreless, 12 Ks, 111 pitches, improves his 7-0 career versus the Nationals. Just can't seem to figure him out. Uh, not many people in the league can. He's pretty darn good out there. Another dominant outing by him. Uh, just completely shut the Nationals down tonight. That was the big story of the night. I was sure that the big story of the night was the non-injury to Bryce Harper. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this just in. Jose Fernandez is a pretty good pitcher, especially when um, – when you're you're trotting out a uh, a less than um, a less than normal or 100% uh, batting order, I mean, uh, Dusty Baker decided that uh, um, both Jason Worth and Ryan Zimmerman needed to sit. Uh, uh, Daniel Murphy didn't start and obviously didn't play until he pinched hit late in the game there uh, due to his sore buttocks. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's. You, you like the way that Dusty is giving guys days off down the stretch here, um, trying to get, you know, every every last bit out of everybody, um, but but giving guys a chance to play, but also giving guys a chance to rest as um, as the, the second season uh, quickly approaches. I mean, the Nets only have 11 regular season games left, um, so it, it's hard to um, it's hard to analyze just how well Fernandez did, and, and I'm taking nothing away from Jose Fernandez because he is, as you said, a, just a terrific pitcher. When he's healthy, uh, he's as good as just about anybody in the league. Um, but when, when he's allowed to, to face the, the, the Brian Goodwins and, um, and and the Clint Robinsons and obviously the Danny Espinosa's, uh, you know, three or four times in, in, a, in a night, he's going to have, um, he's going to have some success. And, and he did, you know, this is the first time the Marlins have let him pitch into the eighth inning all season. And he just he he had a stress free seven innings up until that point. Ran into a little bit of hot water there in the eighth, but um, but but got himself out of it and uh, you know just completely dominated uh, what was uh, the guys that were wearing Nationals uniforms uh, up to the plate this evening. I can't say he dominated the Nats because uh, fully a third of their regular lineup wasn't in the lineup tonight. You mentioned Daniel Murphy. Apparently something bit him in the buttocks during the series in Atlanta. Uh, he's missed out in the finale against the Braves, sat out each of the first two games. He's pinch hit here uh, the last two nights. Uh, Dusty Baker said he'll most likely be back in the lineup when he talked to reporters before today's game. Uh, my brother, a Braves fan out there, has no dog in this fight. 
was wondering if they were sitting him just to try to preserve the batting title. I, I don't think that's the case, I assured him. But uh, any concerns about Murphy going forward here, or you think they're just getting him rest after he tweaked a little something and making sure he's 100%? No, I think they're just getting him rest. I mean, it could be something as simple as, uh, you know, he, he could have slid and got a small infection or, you know, anything along those lines. Obviously, um, you know, he took a little umbrage to – to, to Dusty Baker giving a little more information than, than he would have liked. He was calling it a, a sore leg when, when, and Dusty described it elsewise. But, um, you know, these, these kind of things happen. And, and the Nets have the luxury in the division right now of, of being able to get him an extra day's rest, of getting Jason one of the day's rest, of, of trying to, um, you know, of, of giving Bryce Harper the day off the other day to, to clear his head. I mean, these are all um, – uh, positive things that, that, that the luxury of having the lead in the division gives you, um, the, the, you know, and, and the problem now is that the Dodgers are, are starting to play better and they're only two games behind the Nats for, um, you know, for, for home field for the first round of the playoffs. And I know that the Nats would like to um, start Max Scherzer in game one at Nats Park and either Tanner Roark or Gio Gonzalez in game two there. So obviously they would like to retain that, um, that lead, and, and if it gets closer than two games, perhaps um, we will see guys not getting days off, and, and you know, Dusty putting the, the pedal down again. But um, uh, but at this point, um, you know, Nats fans can wring their hands and and pull their hair and and, and wail and, and beat their chests. But um, you know, they're just praying for health right now uh, until the Dodgers get any closer than two games and and, and force the Nats to, to try to be competitive again. One casualty of their approach here, Kander Roark with a solid start. Uh, he's coming off seven scoreless versus the Mets, three earned run allowed in his last four starts, a 108 ERA, 205, 313, 253 line against, and 25 innings pitched over that stretch. Uh, five and two-thirds scoreless tonight, but Giancarlo Stanton hits a 94-mile-an-hour 0-1 fastball out to right, oppo blast for the only run that scored in the game, one nothing. Uh, the only run he allowed in seven innings, a uh, solid start by Roark. He continues to uh, put together one good outing after another. He doesn't get his 16th meaningless win. Uh, he's over 200 innings now, I think, for the season after spending some time in the pen last year. So a significant increase there, but he still looks like he's going strong. And he went head-to-head with Fernandez tonight and really put together a nice outing out there in Miami. Yeah, you know, his his strong performance is going to have to be its own reward because um, the, the offense couldn't muster anything against Jose Fernandez. And, um, you know, we, we joke an awful lot about the meaningless pitcher win the category, and, um, you know, and it, and it really is. But, uh, you know, this is, this is a case where, um, you know, Roark did everything that the Nats could have hoped for, uh, made one mistake against a guy that can – that can hit out of any park, and um, and that's the one guy that you really don't want to make a mistake to, and 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 you know everything else was was what you expect out of Tyler Roark at this point. He, in, he induced weak contact. He only gave up three base hits. He walked three guys, which you don't like to see, but um, but again, gave up no contact except for the one swing by Giancarlo Stanton. So. Yeah, he you know did what he does. He limits base runners. He limits runs scored. He keeps the Nats in ball games. He um, gives them the chance to win. And um, and again, it just comes back to simply um, you know not being able to do anything against Jose Fernandez, uh, especially with the depleted lineup that they sent out there to face him. 
There wasn't much in the game tonight. We managed to avoid it for eight minutes, but I guess we'll talk about another report on Bryce Harper's shoulder. Tom Verducci back to darken the nation's capital's collective door with another report. Uh, he came out in early August, said that Bryce Harper had been dealing with a shoulder injury for the past two months after the Nationals were repeatedly saying it was just a neck issue or spasms or stiffness in the neck. We talked about the distinction between your neck and your shoulder being, a, a, you know, how they distinguish between those two is unclear. Usually a neck problem is right in that crook in your neck, and whether where the neck ends and the shoulder starts, I'm sure, is a point of contention in this. Uh, now that the second report has come up, Dusty Baker mentioned that a little today, but uh, after the original report, Mike Rizzo said, Tom Verducci is wrong. I just asked Bryce Harper and the training and our medical staff. He has a right shoulder. He hasn't had a right shoulder injury. He's got a stiff neck. But Verducci came back with another report today, uh, just scrolling down to where it comes down here. He quotes Dusty Baker saying that he'll figure it out. He won't admit, but his balance is off as he struggled in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Berducci writes that Harper's likely to fall into a hot streak, but that's only if his troublesome upper right shoulder slash neck issue improves and allows him unrestricted passes at the ball. He notes that Harper doubled over in pain after a fouling off a pitch in early August against the Giants. Uh, the injuries plagued him for about a month at that point, he writes. He has played through the discomfort. The Nationals have been tight-lipped about his condition. Last Saturday, Baker admitted to me the shoulder thing has bothered him, has bothered the reigning NL MVP for a while now. Whatever is going on with him, he hasn't been good at the plate. Uh, Dusty Baker gave him a mental break yesterday, quote-unquote. Uh, after going 0 for 4 tonight, he's 0 for his last 19, nine walks and nine games over that stretch, but hitless for quite a while now. Uh, and after the report today, sorry to go on forever here, but there's a lot to unpack here. Harper, Baker, and Mike Rizzo all said the report is once again inaccurate. Uh, I joked with you on the text that this is clearly uh, Boris Corporation uh, coming out and saying something wrong with Harper so that he doesn't completely lose the value that was getting talk of a $400, $500 million contract after his MVP year last year. But what do you make of all this? We've talked about it before. Neither of us are going to be surprised if they do say something wrong with the shoulder at the end, but the Nationals are vehemently denying these reports once again, and Verducci, once again, is an MLB writer, Sports Illustrated. Uh, he's on TV on MLB. He's got a high profile in this game, so I don't think he's reporting something that he has no basis in fact to report, but the Nationals continue to deny it. Well, here's what I know absolutely, un- you know, absolutely assuredly. Number one, uh, teams hide – and obfuscate injury news all, all the time. And not just I'm not just accusing the Nationals to do it. Everybody in baseball does it. Everybody in pro sports does it. Everybody in college sports does it. Teams hide injuries um, for a lot of different reasons, right? And some competitive, some strategical. Um, you know, in hockey, they hide injuries so, so the other team doesn't target the specific parts of the body. Hockey, when somebody's hurt, they only have to say if it's an upper body or lower body injury because the goon on the other side of the ice is going to swing a stick at the hurt part. So teams hide injuries all the time. For him to go to such great lengths to say a reporter, a national baseball reporter, lied, and essentially that's what Mike Rizzo said in August, that Tom Ferducci lied in his story. You know, that's, uh, that's pretty harsh. On the other hand, looking at all of the numbers that encompasses Bryce Harper's statistics this season, and not just the boxcar numbers, the home runs, the RBIs, the batting average, but 
the uh, batting speed, the you know the the, the speed of balls hit and play, uh, the number of ground balls, the type of ground balls, um, exit velocities, uh, exit trajectories, all these sorts of things are telling us that this is not the same Bryce Harper that played last year and was MVP of the league and 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 put up numbers at such a young age that nobody they they can't compare that it wouldn't compare to anybody. This is not the same Bryce Harper. So if Bryce Harper is not hurt then the Nationals have a problem. <laughs> this is the and point that I'm trying to say. Time. It does it, Yeah, it does it the Nats absolutely no good. Yeah. Right. It does the Nats absolutely no good to hide this injury. Um if it is indeed an injury, because if he isn't injured, then he is not the same Bryce Harper, and they've got a bigger problem. The, the, the lesser problem is that if he is hurt, and they can fix it, as opposed to him not being hurt and not having any idea how to fix it all season long. Bring back Matt Williams as a personal hitting coach, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't know about that. But obviously he's hurt. Right, I mean, he is—he has performed to a certain level. Whenever he's been healthy in the major leagues, he has performed to a certain level. He performed to that level for the first five weeks of the season. In April, he was on pace, you know, from last year. And then all of a sudden, and this is literally all of a sudden, like somebody flapped, you know, sent a switch. He wasn't, and he's been no good since. I shouldn't say no good. He has not been anywhere near his MVP caliber since you can look at the statistics you can look at the game at, at the at his game logs chart it, it's as if in the first week of may somebody flipped a switch and he turned into a different player that screams of injury that and the the lower batting speed on on, on balls hit the lower trajectory you know he's, he's hitting he's hitting the ball less hard less far less high except on rare occasions. I mean, we, he has hit some massive home runs, but in general, he's hitting the ball less hard and hitting the ball on the ground more. He's not getting the same trajectory as he did last year. He, just looking at statistics, at the numbers, and looking at his game logs, and you can tell where he stopped producing, he got injured. It would be easier for the Nats to say, yeah, he's playing through an injury. Um, he's well enough to be on the field, but at some point it's going to have to be corrected. But they're not doing that. They are accusing one of the most respected baseball journalists of lying for whatever reason to cover up whatever's bothering him. Yeah. I don't know what to make of it at this point. I, I'm with you in assuming there's something wrong. Uh, I, he's figured out problems in swing before, his timing mechanisms, all that kind of stuff. It's gone on for too long at this point to think it's just that, just him being off balance. And if he's adjusting now to compensate for something that's wrong, whether he's injured, injured or just dealing with an injury, something that's bothering him and you know, messing up his timing and his, everything, his mechanics and his swing, it's understandable. He just doesn't look comfortable at the plate. Uh, we've seen pitchers pounding him outside and just forcing him to try to go out there and show some opposite field power and forcing him to extend to do that, as a, a few of the articles today reported, and just doesn't seem to be able to do it, which leads you to think there's something going on. But the Nationals need him. They need Ryan Zimmerman to be Ryan Zimmerman. They need Bryce Harper to be Bryce Harper. They're most likely not getting Steven Strasburg back. I think most people would agree at this point. So they need Tanner Roark and Max Scherzer to come up big. So, a lot of question marks going forward here, and it's a bad time to have them, essentially. 
Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you would want all your guys healthy coming into, um, you know, coming into the start of the playoffs. Rarely, um, rarely that's the case. You know, uh, most teams are going to have some sort of injury struggle um, this late in the season. Guys, you know, playing through discomfort, playing, playing through pain, um, that type of thing. But um, you know, the Nats, the Nats have the second best record in the National League with Bryce Harper struggling for three quarters of it with Ryan Zimmerman all but absent. Um, the biggest, the bigger concern to me um, isn't on offense, but it's, but it's the pitching um, right now. Gio Gonzalez, who is wildly inconsistent is going to be the number three starter. I don't even think the Nats really have any idea who the fourth starter is going to be. Uh, essentially you're going to be relying on um, Scherzer and Roark to win you short series um, and, and hope that somebody, uh, you know, Trey Turner, Daniel Murphy, Jason Worth, um, Anthony Rendon, somebody gets hot and carries you off offensively because, um, you know, you just you, you shudder to think that um, that the Nets are going to have to rely um, on Gio Gonzalez, um, Joe Work, Joe Roth coming back from injury. Uh, Reynaldo Lopez, Lucas Giolito, <laughs> uh, uh, Matt Latos, you know, somebody being that fourth starter, you hate to, it's, a, it's the idea of having to rely on that. Last question for the night, and I'll let you get out of here. Should I watch Max Scherzer and Tom Kohler or go see Brian Wilson play Pet Sounds live tomorrow night? It's a tough question. I would probably cool. go see Brian Wilson if it weren't an hour and a half away from me. <laughs> 52 minutes, I checked. We'll see. Matt's Nightly, sponsored by federalbaseball.com, 88-63 after a loss tonight. One more with the pitch tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk to you after that one, see if the Nats can snap this four-game losing streak. Sounds good. Step back off the ledge, Nats fans. Doghouse says, go Nats. But he's sad. 